I am an active duty member of the United States Air Force, and I will no longer be complicit in genocide. But compared to what people have been experiencing in Palestine at the hands of their colonizers, it's not extreme at all. Welcome to Move Left Idiots, a socialist talk podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Montarulo, joined here by my co-host, Comrade Dracula. Comrade, what's happening? Uh, the world is crashing um, to an end, a halt, a, uh, a loud crash. So I witnessed a uh, very fast, violent, loud car crash two nights ago. Um, I've seen the aftermath of many car crashes. I've never, like start to finish witnessed <laughs> a car crash like this before. Um, we were me and like five other guys were riding our bikes and we got caught in a downpour out of nowhere. And this was like a lightning storm. Like I've never seen in Chicago before, like a little mini hurricane. We looked at the, I looked at my, um, the radar on my weather app and it looked like a little mini hurricane, <laughs> uh, like little, little tendrils spinning around. So we found shelter under this. Um, it was like a school and they had like a plaza and the second and third floor were all enclosed. But the first floor was like open. Right. So we were just hanging out there waiting for the rain to stop. And the rain stopped very abruptly. Uh, so we're just kind of sitting there waiting. Um, and uh, one guy was actually he had, he had a flat at the same time, too. So we were like waiting for him to change his flat. Hmm. Uh, and just out of nowhere, fucking car. And I see it this car just out of nowhere is like sliding sideways and comes up over the curb, takes out a fucking tree, like cuts the tree in half. (laughs) She's going that fucking fast and totals the whole front of the car. Car spins around and slams backwards into a fence. Right. And the whole thing start to finish was like maybe two seconds. And most of the guys I was standing there with riding bikes, right they weren't looking in the direction to see it. They just heard it and turned around, but I saw the whole fucking thing and immediately we all ran over whole front of the car is like pouring smoke out of it, you know, and I've, and I've seen cars catch on fire with it. We're pouring smoke before. So we're trying to like get them out of the car. It's two teenage girls. They're both fucking drunk. Uh, neither was hurt, which was incredible because, you know, if your, if your car is going fast enough to take out a whole fucking tree, that's usually the tree doesn't yeah. go anywhere. <laughs> yeah, it made me almost really wonder drunk. if the tree was diseased <laughs> down at the at the base of it. Yeah. So what she had done. So 
the first person to pull over uh, was this guy in a white pickup truck who had been like just behind her. And from what I saw and what he described, what happened was she was behind this guy who was driving the speed limit. And the two drunk teenage girls didn't like that he was driving the speed limit because they wanted to apparently drive 50 miles an hour in a 25 mile an hour zone. Yeah. Right. And she even admitted she was going 50 and the brakes didn't work. Uh, oh, that's so, good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so what she did was she tried to like aggressively pass this guy and floored it and hit the pedestrian island. It's the the road there. It's four lanes for no reason. Um, but there's a pedestrian island in the middle of it. So she hit that, lost control, and then hydroplaned up onto the curb, took out the tree and fucking crashed. Right. And immediately they both wanted to flee the scene. In the one of the videos I posted this um, girl gets out and immediately tells my buddy to call her phone because she can't find it <laughs> like he's like you got some bigger fucking problems, lady. I mean, Jesus Christ. Like, does he know your phone number? She's like, give me your phone. I need to call my phone. And I, like, what the fuck? And there was a couple other cars that were apparently kind of with them who all pulled over, too. And somebody in one of those other cars immediately started going through the back of their car that had crashed. Like they knew there was a bottle in there with them somewhere and they knew the police were on the way. Oh, right. Christ. So fire department shows up, ambulance shows up, then the police show up. Um, police get there and they they had like flashlights out, like looking through the whole car. Like they clearly are like, okay, we, <laughs> what? Yeah. we're, we're, we're looking for evidence of, of them. You know, I'm like, just give them a fucking breathalyzer. They're going to fucking, but the thing is, you know, if you don't actually hit anybody and they don't, or the cops don't pull you over themselves, way less likely that anything is going to happen to them. Right. Yeah. So they're they're going to think, oh, well, the poor kid got their car totaled. That'll be punishment enough. Right. Yep. It's like, no, if 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 I was riding my bike down the street or I was just walking on the sidewalk and that fucking car came barreling down at 50 miles an hour, I would be dead. Right. Because yeah. because they designed the car to destroy everything in front of it for the sake of the people inside it. That's why these girls were not hurt in any way. Um, but, yeah, it was it, it was fucking wild it was one of those things where it's like did i just see what just fucking yeah, right. happened? like because it, yeah. it, it happens so fast this car is going 50 miles an hour goes off the road hits it takes out a tree and slams into a fence like literally like 20 feet in front of your eyes you're like uh what <laughs> what I've, I've never seen that happen before that's yeah fucking wild I've seen something like that too, and that whole like the fucking you know uh, cliche about like time slows down is like a real thing. Like I I was saw you know a car. I was waiting to like have the doors unlocked at my old job. We were like waiting outside, and some fucking old senile guy who should not have been behind the wheel. Uh, like I, I don't know what he even did. He like slammed his gas, and I think he thought he hit his brake, but he like flew backwards, and he like backed into something. <laughs> And then he, I think he tried oh, to like shift his car into park, but he shifted into drive and his car just took off like a rocket and he ended up <laughs> running and like hitting the curb and then f- literally fucking flipped in the air and landed on like, it was like a shopping center and they had one of those little like, like, you know, those like brick, like fucking like, oh, blah, 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 plaza, square plaza. <laughs> like he literally landed on top of that and like it's obliterated this brick brick sign for the fucking small. <laughs> yeah, it was like that. It, he just obliterated this brick fucking yeah. outline sign. And I'm just like, it was just fucking wild. But it, but it felt like I was like witnessing the whole thing, like in like super slow. mo. <laughs> it's just. Yeah, this this didn't feel slow. This felt this, this, like, this happened, like, like super quick. <laughs> Yeah, it was just, I mean, she's going so far. She's going double the speed limit. And yeah, there's no yeah. reason 
that you should be able to go double the speed limit. That we have all the technology in the world to prevent people from driving over the speed limit. It's just that the auto industry would never allow that to happen. Right. Right. You could have every street geotag so that, you know, you can only drive up to the speed limit and no faster. Right. And there's, I mean, look at almost any new car now goes, look at the fucking speedometer goes up to 140, 150 miles an hour. And a lot of those cars can do that much. Yeah. Why? How can, how cause you know, you're making a car that can go double the highest speed on the freeway. Why? (laughs) So another fucked up thing about this country is I found out, um, a a while. I don't know if I mentioned this on the show before yet, but I, uh, my healthcare got terminated. My health insurance was terminated. I don't think you'd mentioned on the show. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's the thing that apparently happens. Um, if you uh, miss a piece of mail, <laughs> they just they go, well, I mean, you know, you, you might not be alive anymore and you didn't happen to tell <laughs> us. So we don't want to, you know, like literally if I'm fucking dead, I'm not using up my health insurance anywhere, am I? <laughs> right. <laughs> so yeah. Like you think it'd be a yeah. whatever, like a, just, just so leave it alone kind of thing. But I've called uh, Illinois DHS so many fucking at least a dozen times trying to figure out what the fuck's going on, what I need to do. Like, do, do I just need to re-enroll? What the fuck do I do? Like, they're like, oh, no, no, you you want, you want to appeal it. You're going to you have to wait for an appeal. And then two months go by and I'm like, where the fuck is the letter telling me my date of appeal? So they're like, oh, it might take up to 90 days. I'm like, wait, if I can re-enroll and it takes 30 days, why would I wait for 90 days for like anything could fucking happen to me right now? That fucking woman yeah. could have hit me with her fucking car and I'd be in the hospital looking at tens of thousands of dollars in in you know, cash out of pocket bills. Right. So I'm, I see shit like that and I'm like, Oh, I have no health insurance right now. Fuck. So strangely enough, uh, DHS calls me today and says, Oh, so by the way, uh, if we go to hearing, it's going to be really expensive for us, the state of Illinois. So we want to try to get you re-enrolled right now. (laughs) And I'm like the fucking somebody looked at it and was like, Hey, there's a better way. (laughs) Thank God. Oh. Like, like, oh, yeah. I, I mean, that's Jesus Christ. So this this woman um, on the phone today, very nice black woman, was like, "Okay, I want to try to get you re-enrolled right now." Uh, and here's you know what happened and why it happened, and you weren't notified in the proper way. So we want to try to just like fast track this, get you back enrolled. Uh, and so she, I could tell that she's like she's done this for a long time, is really good at her job, and knows like where to cut corners to like make things more efficient. Yeah. When I was at the State Department Passport Services, I was always cutting corners if it helped the customer, you know, the customer being <laughs> the U.S. citizen who needs a passport. Right. Um, and there, I, there was so many ways where you could. Do, I mean, 99 percent of the time, our rules and policies made sense. But one percent of the time, you know, and that's maybe like one or two calls a day. Uh, I would just see like, OK, there's a better way to do this and I'm going to do it to help them. And they're not going to fire me because I'm. I'm doing 80 calls a day. <laughs> like right. nobody else here is doing 80 calls a day. Uh, so I'm like, fucking great. I'm a, they're going to get me re-enrolled. I'm going to have health insurance again. They said they didn't know exactly when it would start, but it would be like a retroactive. So if anything happened to me, like, you know, today I would be technically covered. And then um, I get another call from the same area code. 773 is like what all, apparently all the, Illinois social service phone numbers start with. Yeah. I get another call in the afternoon and I answer it thinking it's like DHS to call me back to follow up. And it's not, it's something called Ascension medical group who own a bunch of hospitals and physical therapy places. And 
the way I found out my healthcare was canceled was that when I went to go to a, a physical therapy appointment in December, I went there, did an hour of physical therapy, left. They called me up and say, oh, hey, uh, we tried to run your insurance and it's been terminated. And I was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> I didn't know they could even do that. Um, so I get a call from Ascension Health Network or whatever who owns that physical therapy clinic. And they're like, yeah, we uh, have this problem. Is we, We've tried running this bill and it's still not going through. And I said, oh, well, that's no problem because I just got called by DHS and they said they're going to put my insurance back into effect today. And they're like, that's great and all, but that doesn't cover December. I'm like, oh. <laughs> yeah, they don't make it retroactive. So they're going to try to find right. that copay, that, that cost out of you, not even a copay. So I asked them, well, you know, what what it, what would be the out-of-pocket cash expenditure for that one physical therapy visit I had? And they said, $2,100. Uh, I'm sorry? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, are, are you paying the girl that had me do stretches $2,000 an hour? Because, <laughs> I mean, she's good, but she's not that good. <laughs> right. <laughs> like $2,000 an hour, you better be doing a lot more than stretches. I'm, I'm like, what? I'm like, there's no way. There's no way. Like, my mother had to do physical therapy for something, and there was a lapse in her coverage by a couple days or something uh, like that. That seems like And she had to pay out of pocket, fucking... and it was like 150 bucks. Yeah. I mean, I, I've had that before where it was like a chiropractor thing, and it was like, you know, oh, you can pay out of pocket, and it's like 125 of it. Like... That's fucking, that's just like a scam price for like people they know are fucked between, you know, co-pays or something. That that, that yeah, cannot well, be a fucking accurate cost. They, uh, I, I explained to this person what it was. It was just an hour of physical therapy. That was it. And she yeah. said, yeah, that, that doesn't seem like the right price. So I'm going to send this back to somebody to, to look at. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, they, they fucking took me in and didn't say there was any problem with my insurance when they had me do the session. They didn't tell me till afterwards if they would have. It's this is like the only industry where they don't tell you how much anything costs until after you decided to buy it. Yeah, like, no. Oh, it, it, oh, it's oh you, you took insane. the car for a test drive. Oh well, it's seventy five thousand dollars, and you don't get to know that until you take it for a test drive. And then once you do, you have to buy it. That's right. that's right. Not fucking healthcare. <laughs> well, it's no, you've already bought it. Like you, you, you're. It's like here, here's the car. It's yours. And by the way, here's the bill, and it's not negotiable. <laughs> like, it's yeah, seriously. I, I remember the first time I ever experienced something like that. Um, I was I was a little kid, like six years old, and we went on a cruise to the Bahamas, right? And we just kind of like hopped from island to island to island. And you know, it was the first time I was ever like you know in the tropics. Six years old, I remember it vividly though. And people would walk up to you and just like put a like hand carved wooden necklace around your neck and then say $5. Right. $5. Yeah. It's like, I, I didn't, who are you? What did you just put on me? Like, this is my fucking, right. Like it was just, that's how they like aggressively would get you to pay for tourist merchandise was just to like put it on you and then say you owe the money. Right. Yep. And I was at six years old. I'm like, Whoa, that's fucking <laughs> okay. That's a little uh, aggressive, but sure. Um, yeah, so that's the healthcare industry in this country. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But instead no, of five dollars, it's two thousand dollars, two thousand one hundred dollars for an hour of physical therapy. I was like, yeah, I'm not paying that. Sorry, that's that. <laughs> they didn't tell me that I didn't have insurance until after that I was already there. And as soon as they did, I canceled my future appointments. So you had there was nothing else that you could bill me for. I made sure of that. Right. Right. All right, well, let's get into some of the news because it's all horrible. Uh, so we should, we should probably burn that off while we while while we can. Oh. Uh, speaking of things that are that are wrong with this country, uh, we, we have we do have a clip that we wanted to play from uh, the Joe Rogan experience. 
Yeah, let's uh, just from, set from the tone with uh, a a washed up fucking two thousands rock star. Yeah, so this is Kid Rock's uh, appearance on Joe Rogan's show uh, in the last week or so. I don't yeah. disagree with what Israel's doing. It's like they should just go in there and be like, you know what? We want our hostages back. If we don't have them back, clock starts now in fucking 24 hours. We're going to start bombing motherfuckers and killing fucking civilians. 30,000, 40,000 a fucking time. So you civilians better fucking pack up and fucking get these fucking motherfuckers and t- – you you go against Hamas. You fucking go against them. We're not playing fucking games with you. But that's yeah, the, the only thing people understand. This is what happened armed. in Nagasaki and Hiroshima. I, I do appreciate Rogan at the end trying to just be like you're like you're an idiot. Like the civilians are are not armed. So that's I think he was trying to get it. Like that's literally a fucking war crime and a, and a genocidal maniac thing to fucking so, say. Do you think Kid Rock knows that Israel has about? 10,000 hostages from Palestine. Do you think he knows that? I don't think he knows. I don't think he cares. I I also don't think he knows that Israel uh, has repeatedly turned down fucking offers to get hostages back uh, and have killed a number number of Israeli uh, hostages that were in Palestinian. Do do you think uh, Kid Rock knows what the Hannibal Doctrine is? No, no, for sure he doesn't. I mean, Jesus Christ. Do, do you this think is, Kid this Rock, is not a, this is not a smart man? But do you think Kid Rock knows that killing forty thousand people a week or a day or whatever he fucking said uh, is worse than one hundred and fifty people being held in captive? One hundred and fifty hostages matters more than forty thousand people. Yep, dead. Yep. For, no, so just one hundred and fifty. Israelis a day alive <laughs> captive is worse than 40,000 people killed which, which he would like to, to 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 replicate each day he he would like to kill 30 40,000 a day i believe he said i it's just I... like but, I, but, I don't... this is this and this is the level of political discourse though in this country like this is it's, yeah it, this is what we're expected to fucking fight against i mean it's fucking just insane baby brain fucking like just no fucking understanding of foreign policy coupled with zero fucking empathy for human lives uh coupled with just just like what 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 does kid rock fucking love so much about is like i don't understand like what would compel somebody to be so rapidly and and like you know loudly wrong right winger doesn't even care (laughs) right the average right winger doesn't give a shit that much about i mean like maybe if you're like super fucking evangelical you've got the big, right yeah biblical you think, thing you know you, got, you gotta on. give them back their land so jesus will come back but right beyond okay. that like i don't know what the fuck you'd be this fucking worked up over israel one way or another uh it's, on the side of israel for i think it's just you know th- there's there's enough of a crossover between you know the blue lives matter fucking booting your ass people and then just you know, being rapidly anti-Arab. Yeah, right? yeah. Well, so I think that's just the root of it. I mean, if, if if we're really getting down to what what you know is behind it, uh, he he was he literally rose to popularity in that fucking you know late '90s, early 2000s. You know, post 9/11, that jingoistic wave of like America's fucking awesome, and you know, fuck right. you, you fucking dirty Arab, <laughs> if you don't you know agree with that and that that whole. Uh, just one of the wor- I mean, I, I cannot stress enough to to our younger listeners who, you know, people are in their twenties may not remember this. Just 
really one of the worst times in American history, and for, you know, to, to, to not be a white person. Like, At least uh, in our lives. Yeah. It, well, yeah. I mean, you know, it, it's crazy. Well, you know, I mean, certainly, you know, systematically, maybe that's not the case, but I think certainly culturally and, and in terms of the, just the general feelings, you know, uh, of, of the population, just, I can't even imagine what it was, must've been like to, to be, uh, a, a, like an Arab person in, in America in, in, you know, fucking January, 2020, 20, 2002. Oh, that's, that's uh, funny you say that. Cause I, um, <laughs> I lived three blocks from the first post nine 11 hate crime homicide in the country. Huh. Yeah. Guy, uh, was wearing a turban working at a convenience store and a guy walked in and shot him. So he thought he was an Arab. Right. Cause he it, was Hindu. Cause he, he was, was wearing a turban, which has nothing right. to do with it. It's just fucking, it means he's a Sikh. It has nothing to do with, but right. again, that's, that's the level of fucking ignorant. Imagine being that angry and, and un like an incorrect about something to the point where you'd literally shoot somebody. Uh, that, that's the level of, of, of hatred that was fomented post nine 11. <clears throat> And you still well, see it in the fucking fossilized, you know, was, ship whole, bags like Kid Rock. Yeah, the whole period of time from 9-11 until Katrina was a very, very dark time. Mm. And it was mm-hmm. almost like Katrina kind of like shook us out of that fucking yay George Bush fucking America first rah-rah bullshit. You know? Yeah, it was, it was like, it was the, oh. the cracks were starting to show for even like <laughs> nobody, like, even like the most, you know. We gave him a pass when he let one American city be destroyed. But the second time... <laughs> fool me once, shame on me. <laughs> fool, fool me twice, twice we'll, shame on you. We won't get fooled again. <laughs> right? Come on, you missed the perfect right. opportunity to do a Bush quote there. That's just, and, it's, and, I blocked it out of my memory. Sorry. Um, <laughs> that fucking great. He just, he just could not remember the phrase you just said. I could like, you know, it. I fucked it up just now trying to. No, say but you it you actually said joke. it right. You said it right. <laughs> <Did I? laughs> yeah, you know you said it right. And he was like, "Fool, you know what they say? Fool me once." And then it was like a long pause, and he was like. Hey, we won't get fooled again. Yeah, the lyrics popped into his head. He like had a flashback to the seventies doing cocaine <laughs> on the fucking Texas Air National Guard, and he's just like, um, "Who are you? Yeah. Who, 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 who?" Fucking in between intramural <laughs> fucking you know meets for the Yale fucking cheerleading team, and <laughs> that's the guy that liberals now love to say, "Well, at least he loves America." At least mm-hmm. he lo- at least he said something bad about Trump we that may one disagree, time, but yeah, um, <laughs> you know he's responsible for the death of like a million innocent civilians conservatively, but you know at least yeah, he loves I, America. I, I was talking about this or thinking about the whole you know what's going on right now. This this is like the worst thing that's ever happened in our lives, and I'm like, oh wait, no, it's not. <laughs> it's it's just happening a lot faster than we're used to. Yeah, right? I, I, we're just seeing a lot more of it, I think, than we're used to seeing. I think it was... Let's there, just there, to put it in context, though. So, in the last three months, is so, and, and they loved it in the news. This is always like, oh, uh, these journalists died in the Hamas-Israel war. It's like, okay, w- w- which side killed the journalists? <laughs> I, I, I think we know all know the answer to that question. It's not Hamas killing journalists. It's fucking Israel. Which side so, has an actual organized military? It's, you can't have a war against a fucking group of people like barely clinging to fucking survival and, and another group who happens to be fu- funded by the, you know, the world's most powerful uh, nation in the history of the world uh, with weapon and money, uh, weapons and money and fucking, you know, uh, so support. in the last three months, uh, Israel has killed 135 journalists, 135 journalists. 
and Trophy numbers. I got to pump that up. To to put that in context, in all of World War II, only sixty nine journalists were killed. Huh. And, and that was a war that was everywhere, all the time. Ten wars. All, <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, that was. I mean, that's incredible, right? And and I'm sure that those journalists were not deliberately targeted. That that was just how bad the right. The, it was, was. The hundreds of thousands of people, you know, millions of people died in World War Two. So it's that like, was. I mean, it used to be sacred that no matter what side of the war you were on, you did not target journalists. That's why they used right. to, you know, why they wear giant blue things that say journalist. Right, which to is Israel, that's just target. In right Israel. To, to Israel, that's just oh, that's the person we want to kill. Right. We don't want them showing us what doing what we're doing, but we'll do the war crimes and then post it on our own fucking social media, which is totally what you do. Uh, when when you have the moral high ground, you you definitely kill journalists when you when you're doing the right thing. That's that's definitely a sign that you're the good guys, uh, and not at all like you're gonna be fucking you know hanging after a fucking military tribunal. You know, did you see the video the or the pictures where they were uh, the the IOF was using a tank to crush boxes of food? Yeah, I saw. Well, I saw the 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 big yeah the massacre that they that happened. Uh, this was know, before this that, but yeah. The, so yesterday was what they're calling the flower massacre or the flower yeah. bag massacre. Sadly, um, a very catchy, fucking you know, horrible you know name to remember that by. Right. So they they claim that they had to open fire in the crowd because the crowd was rushing the the flower trucks, the food trucks. Right. Yeah, I wonder why, why they'd be why rushing they... food trucks. <laughs> Right, so you st- you starve starve somebody to the point where they are trying to get the food. I mean, what are they going to do? Get the food? Isn't that what the trucks are there for? Is <laughs> right, to- right, right. We, well, we had to stop them from getting the food that we were allegedly bringing and right. or allowing them to have. It's, see, it's a lot easier to shoot people if they're all in a very you know crowded, tight mass of people. We can just you know open up and they killed 125 people, injured 70 more. You know, and when you get injured from being shot with a machine gun, it's you know like that you're. If you if you live the rest of your life is totally different, yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, these are rounds that can take off your whole fucking leg, yeah. right? And and even if not that, I mean, fucking Andy Warhol died from a tiny little fucking revolver pellet, um, a single round, and it killed him like five years later. It took him that long to die from a fucking tiny little. You imagine what a fucking high velocity, you know. Mounted on top of a tank, fucking machine gun's gonna do to the yeah, human body. Yeah, no. I, um, I, 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 yeah. And, and they and they asked Biden about it, and they said, "Do you think this is gonna set back uh, ceasefire talks?" He's like, "I know it will." Just totally casual, <laughs> totally casual. Was, it, was, it. was this the video of him where he was in the fucking like the ice cream shop, and they were asking him about this, and he was like, "I, I didn't see the video. I only saw the um, uh, the version the quote. of it." But because uh, he was he was being asked about some Israeli atrocity while he was literally fucking eating a fucking ice cream cone uh, and, and was equally as casual about it. So, yeah, just just really on top of the uh, fucking on top of things clearly gives a shit about the massacre that he's not only allowing to happen, but he's actively supporting and funding. Um, it, 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 it's fucking amazing to me that that what was that the guy anyone thinks um... that he's going to get reelected. You sent me a clip of the uh, State Department spokesperson saying that uh, the U.S. has no control over what other nations do. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No, it was that. That was incredible. Um, and And then one of the reporters said, "Unless you invade them," and then everyone started laughing. Yeah, the guys go, huh, huh, it's a stand-up hour, and, and then the White House spokesperson got all uncomfortable. He's like, huh, it's like a stand-up hour here at the uh, the press briefing. 
It's like, what a fucking psychopath. Like, I, I just... I think that's that same guy that 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 awesome reporter whose name I always forget that we that we've highlighted multiple times always just fucking kicks in the dick when they do a when they does a press conference. Yeah, he's just so bad and fucking like you know, just 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 like a wet fucking noodle. He has just no patience, like no no charisma, no fucking like he just he does not know how to not come across as like smarmy and like like Weasley. Um, I mean, when just just, ima- just imagine. Like, let's pretend that, like, 30,000 civilians haven't mm. already been killed. And it was just what happened yesterday. Just right. 125 people killed in this massacre. All civilians. They don't. They didn't even say that, like, oh, Hamas was hiding in the crowd and we had to, you know, they didn't even say that. They were just like, no, they were all civilians and we shot all of them. We shot at all of them because they were taking the food that was there for them to eat. Mm-hmm. Just yep. imagine if that uh, something imagine if, you know, somebody set off a, a bomb in the subway in Paris and killed 125 people. It would be the only round the clock news item you would hear about for a week. Yeah, but they wouldn't have white people. So, I mean, you know, I get and it. And then they, they, they called it a they, they referred to it. Where is, where is this? I got so many. Too, this is a problem when we don't do the show every week is that I have too many notes and I can't find what the fuck <laughs> I'm looking for. Um, yeah, okay, here, here it is. Uh, the CNN high, the headline on Twitter, tw- yes, Twitter, uh, says at least 100 killed and 700 injured in chaotic incident. Oh, where, where IDF opened chaotic. fire as people waited for food. Incident, incident, that, that, that's unfortunate. What, what happened? Did, 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 did the truck, uh, accidentally explode? Were there too many, uh. I don't understand. Was the was the flower too flammable, and somehow it actually accidentally sparked lit it I on mean, fire? Don't don't you remember that you know the chaotic incident on nine eleven? Yeah, no, that I, was I a chaotic I incident. I, yeah, I, it was it was it was definitely an incident. An incident happened, and it was chaotic. Um, I, so I, just, I don't I don't understand how they can just get away with this shit. Like I, I just. You know, it's it's whether you know there's, there's like five companies that own all the fucking media, yeah. right? Five big companies, and they're all, they're not all Jewish, right? But the ones that are Jewish are all fucking right-wing lunatics, okay? So that, the whatever portion of the media that wealthy Jews do own, they're all like rabid Zionist fucking pathological insane and even the non-jewish ones are fucking right-wing maniacs right and all the ones that aren't jewish are also (laughs) it's just right-wing maniacs all the way down so it's it's we have no fucking hope whatsoever i mean i'm sure that very skewed way yeah i'm sure when ted turner you know made cnn he was still like doing drugs and smoking weed and all that shit but i'm sure that you know once he He's, sold CNN for yeah. a trillion dollars, he was just like, I don't give a fuck, do whatever you want with it. The only, about, I'm going to go only, back to colorizing movies. <laughs> <laughs> the only good, the only decent billionaire who like actually was fairly left wing and didn't, you know, have horrible politics. But that's why he got run out of the fucking, you know, <laughs> right. TV business. Chased him out. Yeah. Uh, so a bunch of people were quote tweeting. I, I, this was trending today. The word chaotic incident. Um. Twitter's figured out that, you know, I'll click on things that I think are actually newsworthy. You remember there was like yeah. a the first couple months that Elon owned Twitter, like nothing that was trending was something I cared about. Right. It was just completely yeah. just like whatever, whoever had paid money to make their thing trend. And I'm sure 
it didn't get a lot of clicks. And they figured out, oh, what if we switch the algorithm back to the things people actually are interested in and show that as trending. But then it'll be like, you know, it'll be like uh, Aaron Brushnell trending with two million tweets. Right. And then like some sports thing trending with like 500 tweets. And I'm like, eh, no, 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 no. One of these is way more important than the other. <laughs> Don't tell me these are both trends. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, you did mention Aaron, Aaron Bushnell. We should talk about that. Um, yeah. For people that don't know, that is the name of the uh, the soldier, ex-soldier who who self-immolated. Uh, oh, he was uh, active duty. He was an active oh, duty active, airman. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And there's there's theory that he had access to intel um, to the extent of which how much the U.S. military is involved on the ground with the genocide mm-hmm. that Israel's carrying out in Gaza. Um, well, because he was very specific about the way he phrased it. I mean, he did he did say, you know, our involvement. We talked about our involvement with it. Right. Uh, which which people tried to discredit and say, oh, we're not actively involved. We're just. We're just paying know, so, for all of it. Yeah, we're, yeah, which like as as if that somehow makes it better. But I, but there's, I mean, anyone who's fucking studied U.S. history and the history of our imperialism across uh, the globe uh, knows for a goddamn fact that we have people on the ground, uh, very quietly, you know, supporting, training, everywhere, fucking, everywhere, you know, like actually participating uh, in in Israel and in Gaza. Like that's absolutely she, fucking she, happening. Or, You're a moron if you don't think so. You remember when there was it was like three or four U.S. soldiers were killed in Africa a couple years ago, and people uh-huh. were like, "Why were, were like, U.S. Why soldiers we, in Africa?" Yeah, no, I remember that. It was like some I remember country it was now, but it was um, yeah, we were like, yeah, that was it, that, that was the whole headline. It was like, hey, a bunch of soldiers were killed in a you know some uh, some war game in in blah, blah, and they're like, oh, great, so now we're in this country. Um, it's, it's somebody um, you know those like AI uh, narrated videos that are popular and some parts yeah. of the world or it's, it's like really poor um, like graphic animation and they'll have like an AI, like read some text and it's really uh-huh. weird, but people like make these for some reason. Yeah. I saw one about all of like the bamboo spike traps that the Viet Cong would make in the jungle, like, <laughs> and, and cover with like feces so that if you, you fucking fell in it and it stabbed you, like all your wounds would get infected in the hot fucking jungle you know, uh, days away from the nearest doctor. And it was, it was the narration was about how diabolical and evil the Viet Cong were for making these things. And the person I saw who tweeted it out said, I know this great way to avoid all of these traps. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Don't Uh, invade their fucking country. I can't imagine what that would be. Right. Seriously. Fuck. But I mean, some of the, some of them are, were, just ingenious like you know having the spikes go up on an angle so if you fell through it your foot would get fucking like raked by the stakes on the way down but then you couldn't pull it up without cutting yourself more yeah right (laughs) you just oh man it was you know how do you how do you beat the most technologically advanced fucking military in world history bamboo spikes motherfucker (laughs) (laughs) And the great um, thing is it's a renewable resource. You cut down bamboo, it fucking grows another 50 feet in like a year. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. no, it's, a, it's very it's very self-sustaining. Uh, but um, so, so this, yeah, this guy, Aaron Bushnell, um, Bushnell uh, lit himself on fire, but he, he did the smart thing that so many other people who have self-immolated uh, in protest of war didn't do, and that was to live stream it. Um, 
because every time this this happened just a few years ago and it was reported as like a, like traffic news and then everyone forgot about it instantly i don't remember uh, i don't have the name of the guy who did it yeah but he thought if he did it on like a freeway overpass everyone would see it and be talking about it and the, and the news would cover it and nobody did except that like oh there was a disturbance on the on the freeway that backed up traffic yeah um you know or there was there was a guy who lit himself on fire on the Capitol lawn a couple of years ago you remember that yeah, no, I do actually. Now that you mentioned that, I remember that. I don't remember yeah. what his his you know his thing was, but I do remember that. So this kid uh, joined the military, and like a lot of young kids that join the military, it's their only way out of a fucking small shitty town. Uh, and they quickly realize that it's they're part of the most evil military on the planet. Um, and then they turn to you know trying to get out of the military, or they get out and then they. You know, their politics change radically or whatever. But uh, I don't I mean, <laughs> I couldn't do what he did. You know, I feel yeah. like people people want to say mental illness. And this guy clearly wasn't. He was too articulate and too no, organized. That's, that's, too- that's, that's, you know, the power of your conviction and the power, you know. The, right. That's. But still, it's like <laughs> it's it's like you weren't. Like, remember, the, you remember the guy up in. um Washington State many years ago, who attacked a ICE detention facility and set a bunch of oh, yeah, yeah, vans yeah. on fire. They, they kill, ended up killing him, but yeah, they, was, yeah. Well, they they didn't waste any time killing him. He was armed. <laughs> um, but he was like a, he was like an, he was an anarchist the same way that this kid, Aaron Bushnell, uh, is it Bushnell? 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 Yeah. Um, and I, I'm sure people are like, how could an anarchist get into the military? It's like they'll take anybody. Are yeah. you kidding? They don't care <laughs> about your politics. <laughs> They're very desperate for fucking enlistment at this point. I mean, did you that, see the that, headline I tweeted out the other day that seventy-seven uh, percent of young Americans are uh, uh, too overweight on too many drugs or have too many mental illnesses to qualify for the military? <laughs> I did see that. So, yeah, I was like, that fucking ever, I know they have an ever-shrinking pool. Thanks, fucking McDonald's for, for helping for for slowly for you know inadvertently avoiding uh, World War Three. There's a little M in everyone. Um, so yeah, so that that guy like that went and tried overthrowing ICE all by himself. He was yeah. an old guy. He was like 72, right? And and props to him. But you got to wonder, like, did he find out he had cancer and was like, well, fuck it. If I'm going to go out, I'm going to go out, you know, attacking the state. But this kid was 25, 25 yeah. fucking years old, and you know, like. Was all, he was like filming it like he's he's watched the video. He's walking down the fucking street with a thermos that, you know, is full of the fucking gasoline. He's about yeah, to kill himself with. Yeah, it's like, holy shit. And he's and he's, you know, he's totally calm. He's talking lucid, on, the, on yeah. the fucking thing. You know, he's not like agitated. He's just he's not like having a panic attack about it. He's just like he's thought this out and he's decided I'm going to end my life after only 25 years you know i mean yeah it's it's fucking heroic it's courageous but also like really fucking sad (laughs) i mean not as sad as thirty thousand people being killed no and i'm sure that's what he would say you know in response to it if we if we you know said that but that's i i you know it's yeah it's just it's it's, it's, it blows my mind because it's not like you're gonna live i mean if you do live through that like (laughs) you your life's over Right. Yeah. And didn't he he survived for a while, right? Like he he like he it was only a couple hours. It was it was like 
the amount of trauma when you light your entire body on fire is yeah. <laughs> I can imagine. You know, like you 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 just had like cascading organ failure after that. Yeah. Yeah. Um but I watched uh Democracy Now uh today. Well, I actually I watched a clip. I don't know if it was from today's show or like the last couple of days. And they had a, a kid on there who also was in the military who'd gone through basic training and w- with this guy, Aaron Bushnell, and knew him. Um, and it's it's very abstract when you're just like talking about like, oh, this guy who did this courageous, amazing, wonderful, horrifying thing. It's a lot different when you you start interviewing somebody that knew him personally. Yeah. Because it, it got really fucking emotional. Like I was tearing up watching this guy talk about his friend who killed himself. Um, and he said, they, they asked him, do you think that he, you know, did he talk about this as an act of suicide? And he said, no, he didn't consider it an act of suicide at all. This was purely to make people stop ignoring what's going on. You know, and that's, you know, he's young, white, male, live streamer, you know, you can't keep that out of the media. They tried to. They tried to keep it out of the oh, media they tried. And, and say, oh, he just happened to light himself on fire in front of the embassy. No reason why. I mean, he's literally screaming free Palestine while his body's on fire. And they Nobody tried to pretend like they didn't know. Right. Oh, God, I think I have a th- that here. What? Um. Oh, yeah. NPR. As of Monday morning, NPR was not able to independently verify the man's motives. <laughs> Jeez, I, I, yeah. What? I mean, it's just... But but then listen to the follow-up sentence. Shameless. The incident is currently being investigated by the local police, the Secret Service, and the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms. So that's <laughs> who NPR trusts for their independent verification. Not the video that he shows exactly why he did it, but, oh, what, what do the cops say about it? What do they have to tell us? They're the real independent litigators of the truth. Oh... <sighs> So another another bit here is from Time magazine. Um, Defense Department policies. So, again, U.S. media being stenographers for the fucking military. Time magazine. Defense Department policy states that service members on active duty should, quote, not engage in partisan political activity, end quote. Military regulations also prohibit wearing the uniform during unofficial public speeches, interviews, picket lines, marches, rallies, or other public demonstrations. That's what they had to say about what he did. Yep. Is is oh he 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 shouldn't have been wearing the uniform when he fucking torched himself. <laughs> Somebody uh, captioned that said, uh, "Time wants you to know that Aaron Bushnell's self-immolation was against the rules." <laughs> Oh, my God. So, yeah, they had another woman on Democracy Now! too during the segment who was a like a lifelong uh, anti-war activist who was also in the military. She's like in her 70s now, um, who, who pulled up the fact that 22 U.S. military veterans commit suicide every day. Yeah. And this guy just chose to do that, but do it in a way that mattered <laughs> yeah no that brought that brought you know r- real attention to something that that he cared very much about and was yeah felt complicit in i'm sure yeah he did i noticed uh this was um speaking of twitter trends the day he died he was trending with only eight hundred and eighteen thousand posts it doubled by the next day at the same time ashley babbitt was trending 
with, with just 9,000 posts. And I was Who like, died for the stupidest possible reason imaginable. The stupidest possible reason. Like, talk about fucking around and finding out. Like, yeah. they only warned you 15 times in a row not to come through that door because there was a gun pointed at your head. And you did it anyway. Like, what do you. Oh, speaking of which, did you see that fucking pig piece of shit? That when when he was on fire, when the, the cop came over to him, just had his fucking gun on him the whole time, not trying to fucking put oh, him yeah. out, not trying like, like well, what? Like he's gonna fucking explode on you? Like if you don't he's hold not, your well, gun on him? So it wasn't a cop; it was actually Israeli secret- embassy security. Oh, right, right, right. And you know what they teach them is that you're not dead enough, even if you're on fire. Yep. So I'm yeah. sure. I'm sure if he wasn't in America, he would have just been shooting at the fucking flaming. You know, body because again, you never know. Like he, you know, but he probably had a, he probably had just enough sense to hold back because he knew that that would look horrific if he started, you know, fucking blasting this guy who's literally on fire. Um, well, sure I mean, what if he's to. what if he's collapsed to the ground, completely engulfed in flames, but then he gets up and you know tries to hug the fucking cop? Yeah. <laughs> yep. What if he tries to move while he's on fire? He's he's weaponized his body. <laughs> he's turned himself into a Molotov cocktail. I have to shoot it. Just what a fucking piece of shit. That's um, unreal. Like that's unreal. Yeah. So I wanted to uh, read a little bit from uh, his actual words here. Uh, and this is several different excerpts. I just kind of put together mm-hmm. um, to give you the mindset of somebody who is, was very similar to just about everybody I know on the left who was in their twenties, young activist, um, you know, fairly recently radicalized and more of the politics. I mean, you, you don't really get radicalized much earlier than your early twenties, you know, some teenagers. Sure. But, but, uh, so this was, this is his own words, Aaron Bushnell. Uh, I am an anarchist, which means I believe in the abolition of all hierarchical power structures, especially capitalism and the state. And I, you might say, well, you joined the military. It's like, well, that's, that's kind of how he came out <laughs> being yeah. an anarchist is he actually got, got to actually see the inner workings. Uh, I view the work we do as fighting back uh, in the class war, which the capitalist class wages on the rest of humanity. This also informs the way in which I want to organize, as I believe that any hierarchical power structure is bound to reproduce class dynamics and oppression. Thus, I want to engage in egalitarian forms of organizing that produce horizontal power structures based on mutual aid and solidarity, which are capable of liberating humans. If a time comes when, so that was kind of like a general, he wasn't just like, oh, I'm mad at Israel. Like this is somebody with like, he's not, he's not like overusing lefty lingo, but like he understands it. Like he understands like the difference between horizontal and vertical power structures. That's just like the, the first thing you kind of learn when you get your Occupy Wall Street uh, zine for the first time. <laughs> um, and the next part is he's talking specifically about his, his choice to end his life and the reason why. He said, if a time comes when Palestinians regain control of their land, and if the people native to the land would be open to the possibility, I would love for my ashes to be scattered in a free Palestine. I am sorry to my brother and my friends for leaving you like this. Of course, if I was more sorry, I wouldn't be doing it, but the machine demands blood. None of this is fair. Yeah, that's uh, wow. You know, again, clear, very clear headed, very uh, uh, thought out. Clearly was not somebody who was, you know, deep in the throes of a mental breakdown. Like a lot of people would try to have you believe. Um, 
and obviously you know very very powerful stuff that he said but like i just i hate i hate that that had to happen because i i feel like no matter what this country is just beyond fucking waking up at this point like there's just no waking up the fucking populace like nobody just I mean, you tweeted something this today about like you know you sent your mother a fucking you know not to single her out, but like it should. But that's just it's the okay. General, the ge- <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's just the generalized uh, mindset of everyone in this country, liberals included. It's just like, oh, that's sad. Well, anyway, you know, right? I, that, that's that. That's the extent well, of the they've, reaction they've been, you get. They've been conditioned for their whole lives to think that Arabs' lives are less than other people's lives. Mm-hmm. That's that's why Israel can get away with saying things like for every Israeli killed we'll kill a thousand Palestinians. Or they don't even call them Palestinians because that recognizes they call them they call them Arab because they right. think Arab is a pejorative slur. Right, cuz to them it is, you know. To them Arab is subhuman, an animal. Right. And they right. just come out and they'll say they're they're you know, it would be genocide if they were people, but they're not people, they're animals. So that's why it's not genocide. They literally no, I mean- think that. Yeah, 100%. I mean, it's, it's literal. This is literal Nazi shit. We say it all the time. But, like, to to to, to allow in a food convoy just with the pretense of, of allowing it in just to fucking attack it and exterminate as many people as possible is literally just a thing that the fucking Nazis did. Like, it's it just... I, I can't stress enough how, how incredible it is, how many characteristics of Nazi Germany that modern-day Israel has taken on and the, and the, the fucking... Horrific nothing, irony of right. that. And there's nothing special about Israel. There's nothing special about Germany other than that this is what happens when you have a nation that believes it's, you know, it has no consequences for its actions. Yep. You know, it's it's like any other country would do this. They would be sanctioned. We would fucking cut off everything from them. Um, but it's, you know, and Germany thought no, nobody can stop us. If nobody can stop us and we can take over any other country we want to, it, literally any country, any other country would do that. It, at least a white country yeah. <laughs> would do that. <laughs> um, just a couple other headlines here from about this. This is uh, somebody tweeted out four different screenshots. Um, they tweeted four major news outlets uh, have almost the exact same headline for the self-immolation of a 25 year old. Now, one of them mentions the word Gaza or genocide. Uh, or the reasons for Aaron's protest, or the word Palestine, the last words he spoke. So New York Times, man sets himself on fire outside Israeli embassy in Washington, the police said. Reuters, U.S. airman sets himself on fire outside embassy in Washington. Uh, CNN Politics, U.S. airman sets himself on fire outside Israeli embassy in Washington. Uh, unless one looks like Washington Post, uh, active duty airman uh, sets himself on fire outside. It's like they just have an AI writing all the headlines. You know, and they tell the AI, you can't say the word Gaza, you can't say West Bank, you can't say Palestine, uh, you can't say genocide, but you can say Hamas is Israel war. Yep. <laughs> that's all yep. you can say. That's all you can say. And even that's not even included in the context of these headlines. <sighs> so, you, you know, those um, uh, like graffiti artists that will take those uh, like giant post office stickers and just like write shit on it and slap it on a sign somewhere. Yeah. You know that? And yeah, yeah. I saw the one. Um, I, I, I mean, I saw a picture of it on Twitter. I didn't see it in real life in the wild. But um, he had another quote, and apparently it's making the rounds in the world of graffiti now. He said, what would I do if my country was committing genocide? The answer is you're doing it right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's That's a good point. 
So he was, I mean, I'm sure he was well familiar with John Brown <laughs> and yeah. was like, I'm going to fucking go out like that. I'm going to go out in a way that the world's going to know my name. Yeah. Right. And, and you're not going to be able to ignore what I do. Yeah. You know, so, you he, know, for- he, even if, you know, I'm going to die doing this, but it's, it's going to make an impact one way or the other. So for our part, I mean, we'll definitely do our part to to keep his name sort of, you know, on everyone's mind, because I think that's the least we could do, uh, given the fact that, unfortunately, uh, this country is unfucking reachable when it comes to caring about people that aren't, you know, white and in front of you at any given time. I mean, you don't have to make everybody care. I mean, anybody that what was, what was the, what was the poll that um, it was like 70 some percent of Americans support a ceasefire <laughs> and. People like Zionists were mad. They're saying, well, they don't, they don't know the nature of the conflict. I'm like, yeah, and they still don't fucking support you. <laughs> like, they're totally uninformed. Just imagine if they actually did know how horrific, the, you know, everything you're doing is. Right. It'd be 99% of the public would be saying like, oh, wait, Hamas is, has been the good guys all along? What? Yeah. <laughs> like, that's not right, what well, the that's news the lady they, told me. 70% support that, but I'm sure, you know. Five percent would would understand the fact that Hamas are not you know the the fucking terrorists that they're made out to be, but still seventy percent fucking support a ceasefire. So yeah, like you said, imagine if people actually knew the truth of the situation. But yeah, um, Ali Abuna Abunima Abun, Ali Abunima uh, is the founder of the. Um, I mean, it's not really a news website, but it's a you know electronic intifada. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of their uh, senior editors lives here in Chicago and is a mutual follower. He tweeted out, Aaron Bushnell gave his life so that America would hear his message and the genocide. He kept calling free Palestine through intense, horrifying pain. He gave his life so people in Gaza might live. There's no greater love than that. I feel sadness and awe for uh, this human being. Yeah, no, that's awesome. That's I mean, that's not awesome, but, you know, it's powerful. Um yeah, well, we before we get out of here, we wanted to talk about uh, the the the, uh, the primary that took place uh, recently because I think it's a very good indicator of how significantly uh, affected Biden's legacy is, especially with with the Muslim community uh, in America, the Muslim American community in America, um, because the the Michigan primary had very very interesting results uh this this go around uh so yeah do you want to get into some of those uh yeah you you might want to get your mic a little closer it's kind of trailing off there um yeah let's go here yeah okay so there's been a big movement in Michigan, in the Michigan primary, Democratic primary, to not vote for Joe Biden, <laughs> um, and usually when you have a you know when you have an incumbent, you don't even really have a primary. It's just a formality, right? And everyone's just you know. So there was a big movement in Michigan for Democrats. These are registered Democrats, not just not independent voters that are just these are all actual registered Democrats to basically give a vote of no confidence for Joe Biden. And it, apparently a lot of states have an option for voting, um, you know, uncommitted or, you know, none of the above, <laughs> but there was like an active campaign for it in Michigan, right. To say like, Hey, guess what? Uh, we can do this. Um, 
and they got some huge numbers. Apparently, uh, they were expecting to get about 10,000 votes uncommitted, and they got 100,000. So they got 10 times as much as they expected. Uh, to, to compare that, Joe Biden only got 600,000 votes. <laughs> so he obviously, Joe Biden beat uncommitted. He won, uh, but he didn't win in Dearborn and he didn't win in Hamtramck. So in those two cities in Michigan, Biden lost to none of the above. Incredible. Yeah. And yeah, uh, uh, you know, again, that's, uh, how do you think that's going to go during the general election? Uh, that's a battleground state. It has been a battleground state uh, right. for years. And, well, and, and uh, Biden can't only beat, to lose any votes. Biden only beat Trump by 150,000 votes in Michigan. Right. And, and pretty much whatever election takes Michigan is going to win. It is that pivotal of, of a fucking state. And also, well, yeah, Pennsylvania has gone to the Republicans. You know, Florida's absolutely gone. All these former battleground states where you gain significant electoral votes are fucking completely red at this point. Uh, so you have to hold Michigan, yeah. Wisconsin. Um, you know, Pennsylvania's fucking gone. So, I mean, and you're going to have a, a ton of, of Arab American voters in Dearborn and, and Hamtramck who don't like Trump, but given the choice between a Muslim immigration ban and outright genocide of Muslims. Who do you think they're going to vote for? They're not going to vote for uncommitted in the general. They're going to vote for fucking Trump. <laughs> yep. Right. Yep. And either so, way, even if they do vote, vote uncommitted or don't vote at all, uh, Biden's still going to lose. So, I mean, there, there, there's just no yeah. scenario. I mean, I, I think he was already fucked regardless of Michigan, but um, I think Michigan was maybe his last sort of, you know, potential chance to to fucking cling to a it's yeah, right you know close to close to being you know <laughs> within the the 270 that he needs to to win but he's just beyond fucked at this point it'll still be bernie bro's fault that yeah no biden, of course biden it'll, be, it'll be our fault it'll, it'll still be, be jill stein's fault and even though she's not even running <laughs> yeah yeah no it'll be cornell cornell west's fault it'll be fucking it'll be robert kennedy's fault again you know even though i'm sure more right wingers are gonna vote for him um Oh, you know. God. Yeah. No, it's <laughs> anytime he says something, I'm like, is he joking or does he really believe that? Like, and, and then when he does say something that you agree with, you're like, what's what's the catch, though? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what do you Well, he's just a fucking weirdo libertarian. Like he has like, you know, a few a few beliefs that are like, you know, is your mic OK? It's like I hear some like, like weird oh, noise. sorry. I was I was tapping on the oh. fucking table. Yeah, no worries. Um, did you, I don't know if you saw, though, he had a. um. Uh, Super Bowl ad this year. I was like, oh, this fucking clever motherfucker. He's going to get all these people who don't actually uh, pay attention to politics. It, it, it was literally... Did you did you happen to see it? No, I haven't seen this. So Kennedy, he paid for an ad, and it's literally one of JFK's ads, but he just like superimposed his face onto like the, like the still images from the ad, but it's some like 60s, you know, political fucking rah-rah what? campaign. So yeah, no, it was, it was, it was fucking wild. Uh... You, you should check it out. It, it was very it, so. Wait, like, it was a commercial for him for yeah, his no, campaign. A, for his campaign. It was like KennedyForPresident.com, and it was like a literally. A, he took an actual uh, '60s JFK ad and just like superimposed his face onto it, and it was like you know it was, it was not on purpose. Superimposed his face onto his dead uncle's face. No, not not onto his body. Like he he superimposed pictures of him into what was clearly like video from. 
you know, like a st- in the style of the the exact style. He didn't, of he didn't like put himself in. Oh, fucking... he didn't put himself like uh, like with on the on the fucking in the <laughs> hey, back. Look at me! Of the I'm, fucking, in the, I'm in the, the fucking, film, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> the back seat of the convertible with fucking Jack Yo hanging off the back. No, there goes but... the back of my brain. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, but no, no I was I'm just like, trying to envision this, and my mind went all over. Yeah, the place. I'll send it to you after. But I was like, that—that's pretty fucking clever. I gotta say, like a lot of there's a lot of fucking lapsed people, lapsed politics participators who are gonna, you know, who love the fucking Kennedys despite how you know right wing they are now, and they'd be like, oh shit, it's Kennedy, uh, and then they'll then they'll open his website and be like, oh, and he's right wing too. That's fucking best of both worlds. Let's go. Oh, he's like, he's anti vaccine. All right, right, <laughs> my right. <laughs> My daddy voted for a my Kennedy daughter. Stop talking to me because I won't take a <laughs> right. vaccine. I'm going to vote oh, for this guy. God. Oh man! So, so one yeah, last I, little... he's going to get significant. He'll get like a pro level of of you know votes. I think. Oh yeah, I remember that shit. I remember I was like, wait, there's more than one person that can run for president. <laughs> right. That was, that was like the first time like a third party person had a shot. You could you could just do that. Like, <laughs> and I remember what like, even even at that. I mean, what year was that? It was 19, 1988? No, was that 2000, uh, 1992, right? Uh, correct, I believe. 1992, yeah. And I remember like watching the coverage of that, and I'm like, who is this little fucking Elmer Fudd looking motherfucker? <laughs> he's so fucking funny. <laughs> he's so tiny. He's so, so little. He, he was, I don't even know if he's alive. He's probably dead by now, but, uh, yeah. I was, I was just like, oh, we're campaign politics in America can get even dumber. <laughs> yep. Um, but nothing dumber than this, uh, headline, (laughs) this is fucking great. My president right here. Trump says his criminal indictments boosted his appeal to black voters. (laughs) (laughs) And he said this to a, this is, so he went and he got an endorsement of a group called the black conservative federation. (laughs) Not a monolith. Those black Republicans, (laughs) not a monolith. No. And he got up on the podium and said, you know, the reason the reason why I'm so popular with people is because I, you know, got ki- accused of all these crimes. We know what it's like to be oppressed. <laughs> and yeah, and no, everyone is fucking like giving him a standing ovation. Like, he li- he literally was like, yeah, you know, like, you know, I, you know, and people say like, you know, a lot of the a lot of the African Americans uh, support me because you know you guys you guys know what it's like to be oppressed by the uh, justice system. Yeah. So, it's just so his like- uh, his quote, I'll just read his actual quote here of what he actually said. But it's just, I mean, he says everything so disingenuously, and people <laughs> eat it up. And he's got to just be thinking like, I can't so unintentionally hilariously. Or, you yeah, know. I mean, he's like, I'm a fucking game show host. I just like come up with fucking funny lines, and you people love it. So he said, I got indicted for nothing for something that is nothing. Trump told a black tie event for black conservatives in South Carolina ahead of Saturday's Republican primary. Oh, where he also beat Nikki Haley, her home state where she was governor. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus Christ. And by a lot, by like 20 points, he beat her. Who who, she thinks she is? Fucking Kamala Harris losing her home state. (laughs) Oh, so Trump continues, quote, and a lot of people said, that's why the black people like me because they have been hurt so badly and discriminated against, and they actually viewed me as I'm being discriminated against. And it's pretty amazing. He <laughs> That's says, great. He's like, they actually viewed as if I want, like, because he, he knows he's fucking not, but he, he's like, you know, they're actually stupid enough to think that I'm being discriminated against, so they relate to me. You know you know what, what being indicted for, you know, stealing 
private documents from the White House is just like slavery. (laughs) (laughs) So he finishes. He says, it's been pretty amazing, but possibly maybe there's something there. (laughs) Yep. 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 (laughs) Oh, God. I'm fucking real. But... (laughs) All right, so yeah, I think that that covers what we wanted to uh, tackle uh, this week. But um, yeah, yeah, just just horrific shit all around. Uh, <laughs> we just oh, wish we had something good to update on. Yeah, what, one last little detail: we didn't really talk about any films this week. Um, but I uh, finished watching True Detective season four, and oh, apparently yeah, was it, it? It, it got the highest ratings of any season of the show, even more than season one, which is probably the most well known spawned a million memes um and it's okay it's pretty good jodie foster always great um you know mix of crime and a little bit of paranormal you're not sure you know exactly but um it's it it was still i was just like oh it's pretty good i i don't remember watching season two and three i know i did but i don't really remember them that well i know season two is colin farrell and some other people and then uh season three is the guy uh, i forget the guy's name i never how to say it either Uh, mahershal ali yeah, yeah, won the Oscar for Best Supporting Actor for uh, Moonlight. Amazing actor. Mm-hmm. He's season yep. three, and I remember that it like takes place in like three different time periods, but I remember watching it not being like too impressed with not it. Wow, yeah. And my girlfriend had never watched it, but she's been like binging every season of the series. And um, last week, we ch- we decided to start watching it at like you know middle of the afternoon. And we just kept watching episode after episode. And we got through the entire eight episodes of season three in one day. Wow. And I, so it was like, I just binging a whole season of a show in one day. Like you're, you're going to catch a lot of details that you didn't otherwise. Um, and it, I, I was like, holy shit, this is the best season. <laughs> I don't think people know it. Um, and the ending is absolutely soul crushing. Huh. And I, I, like I, see season three. I yeah, didn't. I yeah, that. I didn't remember how it ends. And it's it's like it's one of these things. It's like, a, you know, all the other or most of the other seasons, the story is pretty well self-contained in a certain time period. And this one, it's a case that doesn't get solved for like 40 years. Right. It, it ends up like becoming the obsession of many people trying to solve this case. And but it's ultimately like it doesn't matter to anyone except for the people trying to solve it. Yeah, because everyone else who was involved is now dead, right? Right, and you're just—it's like, why are they still destroying their life over this fucking case? And then it—it's like they finally get to the end and solve it, and it doesn't matter, and you realize how much it doesn't matter, uh, and it, you're just like, oh my god, this is like—I feel bereft <laughs> right now. <Yeah. laughs> but I love that it's so good that it gets you to that point where you you feel this huge, just like fucking kick in your gut at the end of it. Um, so yeah, yeah, if you haven't ever, if you haven't watched season three of True Detective and you're a fan of the other seasons, go back and try to watch it all in one day. You don't have to watch all in one yeah. day, but I mean, I, uh, no, I, you know, I of course loved the first season like everyone else when it came out, right? Just complete phenomenon. Um, I helped significantly by the just incredible fucking casting, you know, of of the two leads in that, uh, of of Woody and, well, and fucking Matthew McConaughey, but. Uh, and the same thing with this, because the the fucking the two main cops in this have like a equally hilarious, entertaining relationship. It's just it's not it's way more subtle. It's way more dry, kind of like droll humor. Um, and, and rewatching, I'm like, this is fucking hilarious. This is like this is better than the season one, honestly. Really? Right. Yeah. Um, 
I just, but yeah, it's it's. I just remember Woody just being like, "Stop saying weird shit!" Like every time Matthew McConaughey, right, just right. Well, I mean, the, the, the thing with them is, like, they're just kind of playing themselves, like Woody's right. playing Woody, <laughs> right. and Matthews is playing like a weird Matthew, right? They're not really, they're not really acting themselves. Yeah. yeah, exactly. They're not really playing a character, and then you watch season three, and you're like, "Oh, these like." I've, I'm forgetting that I'm watching actors because these guys are, I've seen them in other films, but See, the characters they're playing in this season don't feel like anything they've ever played before. Right. Um, which helps just like immerse you into the story and into the characters when you're not, you know, not thinking about the million memes you've seen of, <laughs> of right. these actors and other things before. Season two is fucking weird too. Cause I, I actually, I do remember enjoying it more than most people did at the time. And I'm sure I still probably would. Uh, mainly just for like the, the, the super weirdo consp- like that was the whole, like it, a lot of it re- revolved around like all like the kind of like the Bohemian Grove type shit. And like, it was a, you know, it was just a weird season and, but, but I, I, I liked, you know, seeing Vince Vaughn try to do something, you know, serious and dramatic and yeah, yeah. He, was, he was pretty good at it. It's like a fucking like crime boss can't. or like mobster, whatever the fuck he was. Yeah. I have a hard time watching him cause he's just like his fucking politics or so he's a shit bag yeah no he is but did you um, did you see um him and mel gibson in dragged across concrete no no is that good have we talked about that yet so that was the guy that's the guy um i can't remember the director's name but he reminds me of um robert eggers and and some of his his writing choices but he did uh the same director this this did dragged across concrete did um uh bone tomahawk Oh, I've been meaning to watch that. Actually, I have that. Oh my god, about that. Yeah, you you watch the movie, and you're like, "Why is the movie called Bone Tomahawk?" And then when you find out, it's fucking horrifying. Just to let you know, I love Um, I love westerns. I love horror movies, and I love Kurt Russell. So, how can that movie not be great? Exactly. It's a very unapologetic western. It's like we're not gonna. The movie's not about racism, but you're gonna see a lot of racism. Um, but it's also like just you know, it's. Like, I don't know. It's if you watched it, you might think you might think like a very racist person made the movie, but it's. I think it's more just like here's the here's the reality of what here's because when he shows violence, it's it's like the most horrific violent thing you have seen in your whole life, but it's only like very brief and it makes a huge impact. It's never gratuitous. Uh, Dragged across concrete, Mel Gibson and Vince Vaughn play a couple of uh, racist corrupt cops, so it suits them very well. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. not but at all typecasting there. It's a it's like three hours long and it's very slow paced, but it doesn't ever feel slow. Like you're constantly like engrossed with what's going on, even if what's going on is like moving at glacial speed, you know, hmm. like um, and, and I don't know what to attribute that to other than just great editing, great uh, like dialogue that sounds like real people talk, um, amazing camera work. Uh, and I think there's I'm pretty sure there's no sound music score at all so it it feels like you're like much more in the scene and you're like i don't know what's going to happen because the music's not telling me how to feel you know yeah um yeah. and there's a shootout at the end that just goes on forever and there's like very little action to it it's like this very slow methodical you know the way a real shootout would be if you were behind cover you know how would you try to shoot somebody who's also behind cover and what if that went on for, you know, the entire third act of the movie, right? right? Like, what would that be like? <laughs> um, but it's riveting. It's an amazing film. It's on Netflix. Uh, I love it, even though I don't like Vince Vaughn or Mel Gibson, their personal politics. 
they do a great job in this movie playing um, racist cops, racist cops versions of the racist right asshole conservative. I, I, I you know, I, I memory hold this because I was looking this up while we were just talking. I totally forgot Mel Gibson's making a fucking sequel to Passion of the Christ, <laughs> like the movie that ends <laughs> with fucking Jesus dying. Like I somehow is making a sequel to that fucking movie. What's what's it going to be called? Uh, it's a, not, not a joke. The Passion of the Christ, uh, Christ semicolon Resurrection Chapter One. Oh God! <laughs> so I guess he plans on some sort of limited fucking. Uh, um, I, I don't know the the the, the fucking Jesus. you know the Jesus Christ cinematic universe fucking spawning off of this. This is this is his avatar. This is Mel yeah. Gibson's avatar now. <laughs> so so this is actually the actual plot summary from IMDb. Uh, this film is the sequel the sequel to Mel Gibson's Passion of the Christ. Passion of the Christ. Oh, uh, focuses on the, the 24 hours encompassing Jesus Christ's passion. In the same fashion, the sequel focuses on the events that occurred three days between the crucifixion of Jesus Christ and his resurrection. So I guess he's not going to be in the movie for most of it. Like, he'll just pop up at the end as a fucking, as a fucking, you know, floating guy. Are we going to get Jim Caviezel as the as the? Yeah, I believe I again? believe he's he is back. He's you know a little old to be playing a guy that died at thirty two. Honestly, that's <laughs> <laughs> true. Yeah, the uh, the they're going to have to de-age Jesus. <laughs> uh, I'm so bad with that. Oh, he's fifty six years old. Yeah, that's fine. He can play a thirty two year old. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll fix it in post. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's uh, get out of here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll get going. Uh, all right, so yeah, uh, yeah. Come back next time. We'll uh, we'll talk some more shit. Uh, yeah, if you want to f- uh, support the show, um, you know, follow us uh, wherever the hell we are now. Acast.com, um, uh, and go uh, go go. You know, check the show out there. Uh, follow us on Facebook, Facebook.com/slash Idiots. Uh, I'm on Twitter at move underscore left. A little rusty there, buddy. I'm yeah. on Twitter at bike slutty. Yep. <laughs> See you next Do I?